This is How Was Your Weekend with Wendy and Brian. Go to Facebook.com slash Weekend Podcast for updates or go to BrianKilby.com. Hey, Brian. Hey, Wendy. How was your weekend? Oh, God, it sucked, Wendy. It's Father's Day weekend. <laughs> I know. It is. It is. But happy Father's Day. Like, Thank you. you. You actually get that. You earn that. It's my now. second one. It is your second one. How does it feel? How have things been from first Father's Day to second Father's Day? First Father's Day was awesome. Yes. Second Father's Day is like, dear God, I just want some time alone. <laughs> so you're in full-fledged Father's Day mode because last time you had only had the girls for a short amount of time, uh, like, like a couple weeks. months. Oh, it was like only two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It was a short amount of time. Yeah, this one now, we're a year and two weeks in. So very much earned the Father's Day needs to just be what Dad wants to do, Father's Day. Yeah, I've, I've gone through the accelerated course of fatherhood i am i'm a veteran now you know some people are listening you've only been a dad a year walk a year in my shoes my friend i am i'm a veteran at this point well and it's not like one year with an infant and only one you have taken on older kids multiple children all at once it's not just the normal segue into fatherhood for you so so i think that people would understand that for sure you've earned probably eight years worth of fatherhood in a matter of one year i think so So did you get anything special today for Father's Day? Yeah, I got a I got I I woke up to a, a 2-year-old with a 103.4 temperature. Oh. Yeah. Nothing uh, to so like doctor's visit already? Yeah, doctor's visit. Kim took her um uh which left me with uh right now we only have two of the three girls. The third one's coming back here in a couple weeks. Uh she's been going through some extra TLC mm-hmm. at a at a therapeutic home, uh, but yeah. So I basically, me and the the older girl uh, went out and got breakfast, and uh, she coughed right in my breakfast, so I got half a breakfast. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we went <laughs> met up with uh, mommy and the the two year old, um, and yeah, then we went and <laughs> waited on the pharmacy uh, to, for the antibiotics. And now they are up in good old Wilkes County visiting family. And I'm here talking to you about, uh, about how was your weekend? (laughs) Well, that's good. Well, you do kind of then get a quiet father's day doing what you like to do with them in Wilkes. Yeah. For the most part, I think then, uh, Kim and I may go try to buy a new vehicle here later on for her, not for me. Uh, yeah, but that's always a fun thing to do. Regardless. No, it's not. Oh, okay. God, well, not the money part of it, but to look at all the new bells and whistles. Is, I, just, right? I, just, I just, I mean, well, you know, we're trading in a 2017 model probably for a 2019. So I don't know that there are going to be that many new bells and whistles. Uh, but. True. This is true. Yeah, it is a pain in the butt to just not deal with the salespeople. <laughs> if there weren't, if you didn't have to deal with salespeople, it would be great. <laughs> and we're probably buying a Dodge. So, you know, no offense to people out there who, you know, build dodge vehicles but you know it's not I, as fun as buying i was gonna chevy like i think you should buy a chevy <laughs> i grew you know i grew you know i grew up i grew up a chevy guy because mm-hmm. of my dad my dad loves chevy uh but you know did you hear that chevy and ford may merge is that still gonna happen no, gm gm, GM. Well, yeah I mean, G- same thing yeah I mean, same gm I mean, basically you know, a parent company yeah 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 no i read that and went wait what huh no and then I stopped reading because I didn't want to be upset that day. You can just get an F-150 next. 
No, I haven't had good luck with I mean, them. An F two fifty. I'm sorry. Yeah, so you, well, you drive a gigantic truck. <laughs> well, but mine's still only a half ton. It's not. It's not oh. a three quarter ton. So you know, it's just it looks big, but it's not the heavy duty kind yet. <laughs> But no, yeah, I read that and then I read a little more and then I was like, I don't like this. So I'm stopped reading it and I haven't looked back yet to see what, what else has come of that. But I'm like, this totally, well, this is not a good idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. Don't do it. <laughs> come on, GM, get your stuff together. Yeah. So, but well, I'm glad you have a little time to yourself on Father's Day. Um, what about th- you? Uh, what have you been doing? So, so, well, as it comes to Father's Day, um, I know a lot of people don't know, but I lost my dad six months ago. So today's a little sad. I totally but get it. You get it. Yeah. Like a lot of my friends have lost their parents and much younger age than me. So you I lost know. my mom. I lost my mom the week before Mother's Day. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And like people, people didn't know because it came all of a sudden. So people are like, hey, how's your mom? Wish her a happy Mother's Day for me. I'm like, I wish I could. But I can't. Yeah. yeah. So one of my friends was like, who who I think her dad's been gone almost, um, oh, God, six years now. And yeah, no, it's been six years. And she just said, stay off social media. Like, don't go on social media. It'll suck. So I've been taking her advice, heeding her advice and, you know, but still being grateful. So and and telling all my friends like you and other guys that I'm close to in my life, happy Father's Day and because it's a good day. So you're missing uh, you're missing my annual uh, change my Facebook profile photo to a 1980s era you know, console television and wishing it a happy Father's Day. So, <laughs> is that what you did every year? <laughs> so, I would say, uh, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> why? Okay, tell me why you do that. <laughs> I was basically, I, you know, I, I, you were raised by a TV. Yeah, is what I mean, you're trying I, to I, imply. <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't have the best relationship with my dad. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, in most ways, you know, my father figures were like, you know, Fred Sanford or. Uh, the father from my three sons and, you know, things like that. So, hey, uh, that's very, then that's fair fitting. That's yeah. very fitting. I, I have to say I was luckier than that. My, my dad was a good dad. I learned a lot from him, which kind of, I didn't follow in his footsteps. So it kind of leads into our topic that we were going to talk about today. And when we talk about vehicles kind of leads into our topic today, <laughs> but we were, we were just kind of brainstorming ideas and we talk about tradesmen you know we've talked about a lot of what we do or what would we do for a side job or if we you know if we didn't have to worry about anything what would the job that we do be and because we've talked about that so much lately I was like you know what there's so much in the news and we have so many um you know where we used to work and stuff we're starting to make um a a deeper focus I should say on the skilled trades as they're referencing them now but there's a lot of people who, um, you know, we're, we're becoming shorthanded in the trade skilled trades or the skilled industrial trades way. And I was just like, I wonder what Kilby would be if he were to be a tradesman, what would Kilby say he would be? So I thought, Hey, let's talk about the trades and maybe people that we know who work in the trades or, you know, if you could be, if you could work in any of the skilled trades, what would you do and why would you do it? (laughs) thought it could be funny. (laughs) You know, that's a good question. I'm not, I mean, I am not as unhandy a word. I am not like completely without, you know, skill when it comes to doing things. Uh, but like there's, I used to really enjoy like uh, wiring things and I could, I guess I could have 
been an electrician in another life, something like that. So would you like to be? So regardless of skill set now or ability now, if your choice was to be a tradesman and you picked the trade, what would you what would you have picked? And do you need a list? Like there are so many, like I was like, oh, let me look up some things. I know the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. But then I learned quickly that there's three different categories of skilled trades and there's trades I didn't even think about. <laughs> so. so yeah, let's let's talk a little bit, a bit about that. Then I have some other thoughts around this that I, that may spark conversation, but yeah, I, yeah, actually, if you have a list, go over the list. So, I'm, okay. I'm, curious, I'm curious what qualifies as, as a trade. Well, when I first looked it up, I was like, oh, and it was saying things like in the medical field and whatever. And I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 that's not the ones I was thinking of. And then this is where I figured out, okay, we classify them in three different ways. So there is skilled industrial trades, there is skilled construction trades, and there is skilled service trades. So industrial trades is kind of and the construction trades are where my mind sits more when people talk about tradesmen so you're talking about boiler makers electricians plumbers pipe fitters um, power station uh, technicians industrial machinists millwrights uh, model makers tool and die makers welders tool grinders cabinet makers model makers uh, water waste operators, and then that's industrial trades. Then in the skilled construction trades, you have also boilermakers, brick masons, carpenters, uh, tile and marble setters, masons and concrete finishers, operating engineers of like, you know, heavy equipment operators, uh, electricians, glazers, insulation workers, painters, pipe layers, plumbers, sheet metal workers, structural iron and steel workers, which was what my dad was, um, elevator installers and repairers, HVAC, riggers, and crane and tower operators. So that was your skilled construction trades. And then you have your skilled service trades, which are like your dental hygienists, your EMTs, uh, your phlebotomists, your medical assistants, transcriptionists, dental assistants, chefs, hairdressers, manicurists, legal secretaries, farm equipment mechanics, bus and truck mechanics, automotive service, uh, shoe, shoe and leather workers, jewelry makers, and commercial pilots. So when I looked at this list, I was like, "Ooh, I there there are trades I didn't even consider when you just broadly use the word trades." Oh, okay, I want to. What does that leave? I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, is it? It sounds like well, we're what what you don't have in there, like if you look at it, what you don't have in there are like web developers. Uh, oh, that's a trade. Those, it I consider is, that a trade. It is trade, but it doesn't fall within. So we're looking at it. Think of the three words in between the skilled trades piece. You have industrial, construction, and service. Those would be a technical trade, I think. Yeah. Right? I, if you're going to get... So most of them would be a trade of some kind. So everybody has a trade. It's just how do you classify that? Exactly. In between I do, word. I, I think there's a lot of technical ones out there. Like, you know, uh, computer technician is a, is a trade. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, somebody who fixes your computer, you don't require a PhD to do it. I mean, in fact, you have a lot of people who, you know, graduated high school or maybe okay. didn't even graduate high school who, you know, who just happen to be handy with computers who who do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's I mean, so can, so we have like 
the classifications down when it comes to what these trades are, but like, you know, what the nitty gritty, what separates the trade from like a knowledge worker? Like, you know, I, I mean, I started off my career in, in radio as, you know, as a disc jockey. Is that, is that, yeah, I would say that's a trade. So. I don't, yeah. I don't think that, yeah. I don't, I don't consider that like knowledge work or something like that. Correct. Yeah. So I think it comes down to how, you know, people are using tradesmen and skilled trades in in such a broad sense. And I think it really needs to come down to everybody has a trade in their job that they're doing project management, all that that some people do that for their entire life. That's their trade, and how they apply it to different industries. But I think what when there's this big push of we have this lack of um, tradesmen, what they're really saying is we have a decline in the number of people who are willing to do the industrial construction and service trades. So people who don't want to sweat. People who don't want to bust their butt, dig ditches and, you know, go home dirty every day and, you know, do dangerous things. Frankly, you know, the things that they do are, are pretty dangerous in most cases and are in service of somebody else on a personal and daily le- level of how they operate in their lives, right? If a lot of these things that I listed off, if we didn't have those people, there's a lot that wouldn't get done and we wouldn't have the comforts of life that we have because of it. I mean, really, right? A computer is a comfort, but is it a necessity? But water and electricity and medical attention and things like that, those are true true necessities that if we didn't have people doing those, it would be a very different life for us. Okay. 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 So real quick, I, I, I guess when I see a lot of people sharing articles on Facebook and I don't look at LinkedIn, but I'm certain they're there, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, we, you know, we have a shortage of these. It almost feels like, a, I don't want to say a condescension, but it almost feels like people that it's, it's coming from people who aren't in the trades who are sharing this. It's like, oh, we have a shortage of, you know, these skills out there that are needed. I'm not going to do it. But, you know, kid, maybe you should consider, you know, doing this. Uh, So whenever I see people share that article or share those articles, it just almost feels like they're talking down to other people. Uh, So, like, I've (laughs) so what I've always been rubbed a little bit the wrong way when when I see and hear people talk about it. Um, But it's not that it's not true. It's just that I don't think that the the message is coming from the right place and i just i don't think it's being communicated i don't know that i don't know that this shortage out there is 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 being heard by the people that it needs to be heard by and is being shared by the people it needs to be shared by i don't know where this needs to i think it probably needs to be shared more in school but the whole like it seems like the whole point of you know, education, whether that education is primary education or secondary education is the continuation of education. So the goal of a you know high school teacher, for the most part, is to get a kid into college. Uh, it's like this self-perpetuation of, you know, education. And uh, I think probably the mindset of certain, you know, high school teachers should be, hey, you don't need to go to school to you don't you don't need your bachelor's degree or a master's degree. An to, apprenticeship to get, is, is is equivalent based on yeah. where you're head, whatever your career you want to go to. Right. And I, I think I hear what you're saying there too. And I think that is the, I think there's a, uh, think a good point in it. And that when I see that, those postings, right. And a lot of the times where I came from a lot of, um, 
my friends are in these particular trades or the, and our parents were and things like that. So when I see it posted, um, I see both sides, right? I see it coming from my friends who are ag teachers and using it as a continued uh, message of, Hey, you have to, you have options and this is still a really good option and it is a need. You know, I have people, my friends who are tradesmen who are just reiterating, like they see it, they see, you know, um, decline in the apprenticeships that are being taken out in these fields and things like that. So from that lens, I see it from people who are who are speaking from that place of experiencing it, who work for the unions that are associated with it or work in the trade themselves. Um, but then I also see it from the other side of the fence of my friends who maybe didn't come from parents who worked in that trade or don't personally work in that trade anymore, but have kids who are starting to show interest Um in that they don't want to necessarily go to school or not sure what they want to do, but they know that they don't want to go work in an office and things like that. So it does depend on who it comes from. And so, but I do, to your point, it, it, depending on how it's, how it's said and how it's messaged is important because if it's somebody who, you know, to your point is, Hey, you should go do it. I'm not going to go do it, but this is a problem. You, there needs to be more behind just making the statement that it's okay to go do this. There's honor in it. It's needed, blah, 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 blah. There needs to be a deeper message of why they're saying it versus just putting it out there. Right. Yeah, And, and talking about like my family, for the most part, you know, most of the people that I grew up with and people that, you know, are, are in my family, they would be what you would consider unskilled trades people. So for them, a lot of people that I knew and grew up with and, and are related to, these jobs would be huge steps up for mm-hmm. them professionally. And a lot of these were considered aspirational positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like my dad never would have considered being, you know, a plumber, for example. He, when he was a, he was a you know a, an idiot when it comes to you know doing anything with uh, tools or whatever. But, you know, too, it's like, wow, you've got to you, you've got to train to do that. You know, uh, all I know how to do is run a band bandsaw so that, you know, there's no way I could ever do anything like that. I have a lot of people that I know that consider, you know, like being an electrician, like completely outside of their uh, uh, not even like their comfort zone, but even their 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 skill. And I, 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 I think that it, in a way it's kind of sad that, you know, we have no shortage no shortage of a workforce in in this country you know there's 300 million people but you have again i i feel like on one side people that are sort of in in some way looking down a little bit on on these roles and then you have other people that are like you know wow that's more education than i want to get i there's no way i can ever do it uh it's just this weird middle ground where there's not enough literally not enough people out there who can do it i don't want to spend you know a thousand dollars to get uh, a leaky faucet fixed, uh, in, you know, in the next 10 or 20 years. So it's, it, it, it is a problem. It really is. It's, uh, it's just well, one of those things that, uh, it's like, Wendy, I don't know if there's a, I don't know, there, I don't know if there's a way to solve this. Well, I think it's, I think it's how you, again, it's, you kind of alluded to it before. It's how you package it. So you just said a couple things there that I think about, right? It is, these roles require people who are willing to, not only work mentally hard, but more so even physically hard. Because if I think about my dad's work as a iron worker, the things that he had to understand mathematically and think on his feet to, you know, they're putting skyscrapers. I mean, the buildings we work in 
and a lot of people still work in. He worked on what was, you know, once called Willis. It's Willis Tower now, but Sears Tower. He worked on mm-hmm. many big banks and uh, different buildings in he Denver. Worked in, he, he worked in Willis Tower? Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Yeah, he's worked on some really incredible buildings. And people still, you know, they go there to do their jobs. Like, they have a place to go work because of what he did. But it was no small feat what those men did, and women, that d- did to build those buildings so other people could have an office to go to work in. But if I look back at the things that he had to figure out, there was there was definitely as much or more mental capacity needed to do that on top of the physical part as any other job, right? I mean, electricians, the same, there's a, there's a lot of um, things there that it requires. It's an exhausting job that doesn't, (laughs) that doesn't always get honored well, because it's not just about being physically able to do it. It's about remembering all the rules and things to make uh, it, you know, it's small engineering minded things and um, being problem solvers because, not everything works the way an engineer lays it out or an architect lays it out, right? So it might look good on paper, but when you get in and you start putting it together and that A and B didn't go together, what are you going to do to make it work and be safe and pass code and all of those kinds of things? So I do think that it is not just the, hey, it's physical work and I don't want to get dirty. It is like I have to use my brain. I do have to go so, through some training and I do have to think about the responsibility of if I don't do this job right, what it could do, right? And so some people I think it's like, mm, A, I don't want to work hard because it's just hard work. Um, and there's a lot of expectation on these people. You want it done right the first time. And if you mess it up, there's a lot more consequences <laughs> to what they do being messed up than some of the other trades we talked about, right? It does impact a business, but... Does it impact somebody's house? Does it impact somebody's road? Does it impact somebody's livelihood on a day-to-day basis if I don't get this code turned in, you know, tomorrow? So I think from that perspective, too, it's looking at it from all roles, all jobs, no matter what field you work in, You there's honor in doing what you do. And I think that people just need to understand that work is work it's all necessary and it's all needed and if you're willing to do it there's plenty of it out there for you to do but if you just want to get by with the bare minimum in and things like that then you know there's very few things (laughs) in life that you're going to do exciting if if you don't want to work hard or mentally or physically right but i do think that the thing i found intriguing and as i thought about this whole topic with us was you know what would be the thing like if i were to to, to pick a construction trade or an industrial trade or a service trade or anything else like what would i choose and why would i choose it and um my dad and i used to joke i always thought it would be cool to be a crane operator because there's a lot of skill in that, you know, you have to, you have this huge machine and you're moving things with 
people around it and there's a lot of math and there's weather and there's things that you're, you're, um, but you also are the person kind of directing what's going on because you have the item that's needed. Right. So, (laughs) so, you know, everybody's like, Oh, crane operator, you just pick stuff up and put it down. No, it's much more than that. Right. My, my father-in-law was a crane operator among many, many other things. And you like him and you think he's interesting. (laughs) Yes, uh, he has told me many interesting stories about operating a crane. <laughs> Primarily, again, he is not somebody who, God, I really, we all know people who like talk up everything and they make everything they do sound the most important. The only thing he really talks about where when, when he, he talks about it, 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 it's, it almost sounds borderline bragging is the crane stuff because literally, uh, just the amount that he would get paid per hour doing crane work is insane. It's way more multiples of what I make. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Being a crane operator. And he, he would say that, you know, they would spend hours and hours, if not days, b- putting up a crane Yeah. to do something that would take, you know, an hour and a half to do. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he retired very comfortably mm-hmm. in, in his early fifties doing that work. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, being a crane operator does sound really cool. Mine and mine wasn't the money. I learned that it was paid pretty well, but there was, it was the machine had to be set up a certain way to accomplish, like you said, for either whether it was weeks, days, months, or an hour and a half, there's a lot of rigging and stabilization of that, you know, crane that has to happen in order for it to reach all the points of it where it needs to drop materials, you know? And so there's a, it's kind of a puzzle and it's kind of a game in the sense of, first of all, how is this machine going to be placed appropriately to get the maximum output of getting items where they need to go? But then also the day that you're planning to do it, if the winds are too high or you don't rig the material on the crane correctly, like, there's a lot that can happen. You have tons and tons of steel hanging in the air. If something snaps, man, that's not a good day, right? So it's the it's kind of that pressure of can we make this thing work with these really incredible weights and weather elements and all that other kind of thing. So I always thought if I was to be in a trade, I would think being a crane operator would be really cool. But I always admire my dad's ability to weld and create anything out of metal. Um, so I thought, you know, there, there was, there was a time when I was in high school in ag class and I was like, you know, welding could be really cool. Um, and I could still learn that today and I have friends who are taking it up and I have one of my best friends from, uh, elementary school, her, her, uh, sister's a welder and has done phenomenal work. And, uh, there's a lot of women taking up welding. I have lots of friends, um, who they're great welders, yeah. but those are the two I thought of. And then I thought of our friend Dennis, right? We talked about him last time too. One of the service trades is hairdresser, barber, you know, things like that. So, so Brian Kilby, you thought electrician, but really, is it electrician or is it something else that it, it, you... It could be anything, really. Then you mentioned it. So my father-in-law also, he was in the Army Corps of Engineers or whatever, and he learned a lot of different things. And welding is one of his skills. Uh, my wife has a cousin who is, I think, younger than I am, and he makes like 180000 a year working five months out of the year welding. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, people, you don't really, uh, people don't really think in terms of, you know, that kind of money for, uh, relatively you know little uh work 
required. I mean, he he has seven months off. He gets to take off a year to do whatever, travel, do whatever he wants, and he he welds. I mean, he's exceptionally good at it. It's not like he is the. It's not like he is just. He's been doing it for six months. You know, he's yeah. he's he's. It's something you hone over years and years of, um, you know, learning and apprenticeships. And I I think I get ri- so I think this is the other part of what I wanted to kind of think about. And pick your brain because I thought you would have an interesting take on it based on things that you and I have talked about as well. So often we we were just talking about it. You go to college. You go into the workforce. Uh, if you're going to go to college, if you pick a trade, you go through an apprenticeship or, or a trade school or something of that nature, right? And then you step into your career. And as you think about how you best learn or how you best apply things long term in your brain, like you and I've talked about, you didn't go to, you didn't go to, um, college, but you, I mean, are, I, I, I did, I mean, I did, did three classes. Years, yeah, three, yeah. I did three years at a community college with the intention of um, matriculating to a four-year school and finishing up. But, you know, my uh, mother's health precluded that from happening. I ended up having to stay with her and take care of her until she passed and had to get a job in, in the workforce. So Correct. Cir- cir- circumstances prevented you from doing something that you had, a, you had to do, you know, that you wanted to do. However it didn't hold you back in your skill set because you're a learner and you know how you like teach yourself and you just jump in and start to learn things. Right. And, and so if I look at that and I went to college, I did all that. And there was plenty of times during my college years where I was like, I wish I was just working. This would mean more. I would understand more. It would be more meaningful if I was doing the thing while I was going to school kind of like you did in, in many cases, right? You learned a lot while you were working and you had to get into the workforce quicker than you had planned. But at the same time, that's what a lot of these trades do, right? They put you in apprenticeships and they put you into trade schools where you are literally basically doing the work as you learn. You're not just sitting and looking at a book and taking tests and doing things like that because and you're applying it that much quicker and you're that much more effective immediately in your job as I question people maybe in some cases coming right out of school and being put into a non you know construction industrial or service kind of trade uh one of the knowledge or the technical places uh where places schools were or sorry roles that we were talking about so i just you know i think about that and i think it is all applicable to the person and i know everybody processes and steps into things differently but i always think man if i would have treated college like an apprenticeship where i was working full-time while i went how much more effective would I have been immediately and how much more would I have absorbed and retained and been better if I did something more from an apprentice standpoint than I did from just the basic college experience and go into the career. So I'm going to use you as an example this time. So you, uh, you went and you have an ag degree, mm-hmm. which you never used mm-hmm. uh, really as far as like your professional career. Correct. And how common is that, you know, when it, when it comes to uh, people I know, I know, you know, oh, most tons of, of people I, don't, I, never I, end up doing what they went to college know, for. <laughs> I know so few people that, you know, that use their degree that they have. But when it comes to like a technical degree, mm-hmm. uh, it's like as far as just the efficiency of time, it is so much more efficient because, you know, my so my brother-in-law is working on his 
degree in like uh, being a mechanic. And you know what he does? He's a mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's like I don't want to say I don't want to say college is wasted time because it's not. No, it absolutely but, isn't. But it. But if you are wanting to be serious about how you use your time, it just makes sense to you know if you want to be like, uh, you know, again, I I I go to electrician because um. Actually, I'll even say this: like my brother-in-law has his uh, master's degree in electrical engineering, and mm-hmm. I mean he isn't he's he's not an electrician; he's an electrical engineer. But oftentimes he's, he's an electrician, an electrician. So you know, if uh, he's he's compensated well, but not as an electrical engineer, but not as well as some electricians are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he enjoys the more technical, hands-on part. I think. He could have saved himself a lot of money and a lot of time just by going to get, you know, uh, certified as an electrician mm-hmm. and sort of skipped over the the engineering part. Not saying that we don't need electrical engineers. Obviously, we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking to each other, you know, over the because Internet. Because of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, but uh, it's I think there's a practicality to it that, um, you know, like. God, most I hate to say it, but most people that I know uh, who graduated, you know, college, a lot of them are, like still work retail jobs, mm-hmm. or they work, you know, just you know doing like working in restaurants, and uh, you know they feel that their degree did nothing. Uh, kids should know that if they want to be as efficient and useful with their time as possible, it would make perfect sense for them to forgo the whole process of maybe going and getting that English degree that, you know, a lot of people get English degrees because they just don't know what else to get a degree in. And, uh, you know, I know some brilliant people with English degrees, don't get me wrong, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's in a lot of ways to catch all degree. Yeah, because, I mean, think about how many, well, we have a couple of friends too, but there is... There is no right or wrong way. And I think really that's maybe as we head back to where you started with some comments about what's the messaging. The messaging really should be about there is a need for every skill that we use in in the the economy that we operate in. But there's they're all necessary. They're all important and consider them all because all these you know, these roles and things that we just talked about, all these different trades that we just talked about. I also know people who worked in a trade who then went, to, you know, for a little while, then went to college, tried a different route and and then decided, hey, you know, what? I want to go back to the trades after a while. I, You know, I think about our friend Mark. Um, you know, Mark came into the corporate world and he did fine, but he's a, he's a woodworker and he likes to build things and he likes, you know, helping people and providing things for you know, homes for people. And so Mark was like, hey, did he went to the military, didn't go to college, but he tried both, right? He, he started down wow. a path, he changed it, and then he kind of went back in a different capacity, but he's still associated with I it mean, and I, uses so that skill set. Mark has like, I mean, again, it, it's... Mark, Mark has like three associate's degrees, so like I mean, it's not like saying he didn't go to college. Uh, he didn't go to a four-year university, but you know, he's he's got quite a bit of you know uh, learning under his belt. Uh, I mean, prior to being uh, prior to being uh, you know like going into the corporate world, he was like a draftsman and an electrician. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, that's really in his DNA. Correct. Uh, yeah. Correct. So I mean, I think I think he is much. I think he is much happier when he is using his hands and and his brain and his brain but like when he's up and active and doing things and not mm-hmm. just sitting in an office talking to people about you know whatever their business requirements are exactly and i think that i mean that 
that nailed it. You articulated exactly what I was trying to say is right. It's what makes him happy in that it was, you know, somebody who was intentional about what they tried and where they went and how they use, used the skills that they learned in various capacities. And I think that's what the message needs to be as opposed to it being this general thing of we need more tradesmen, considerate kids, all this. It needs to be really think about what is it you want to do and not put kids down that don't want to go to school right away or, you know, like junior college is fine. I like, I could have been done and went through junior college. I Sometimes I even go, I could have just taken classes. You know, I've seen all my friends do different things um, in how they approached their education or their trade or anything else. And I really do, whenever I talk to kids now that are getting ready to graduate, they don't know what they want to do. And, but their parents are like, yeah, but they have scholarships and they got to take advantage of that too. You know, at bare minimum, I'm like, well, take your two years of prerequisites and try to figure out what it is you want to focus in on. Like, and if you don't have it figured out at that point, like be intentional. Don't just don't go to school and walk out with some, there's the two schools of thought where I always heard, well, if you go to college, at least it shows you had discipline to see something through. Yeah. But if you work hard and you have a resume and you show that you're responsible and capable of doing a job over the same amount of time, how is that different? Right. And what are the things that you learned along the way that are just as equivalent as sitting in a classroom and reading a book? I agree. And, but you mentioned like the parents and the scholarships, not even the scholarships. It's like the college savings funds. Oh yeah. It's like, I like parents are like, I rake and scraped and saved for you to go to college for the last 18 years. You know, you're going to go to college. Like for me and my kids, you know, um, my, my expectation is that they're going to go to college. Yeah. And I don't know why that is because I, I mean, one hand, in one hand, at least over the last 30 years or so, uh, college has been almost, um, become the expected standard of education. Mm-hmm. But over the last several years, uh, you know, it's special, un- it's not affordable in a lot it's of not, cases. It's, it's, it's not, not helpful. It's not even it, but in a lot of, in a lot of cases, uh, there's a lot of industries that don't even want to or need a college education, like uh, especially in technology. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of times in, in in technology, it's like, well, you're just wasting your time if you go to college. You, If you already know how to code, get a certification in coding, come work for us, and you'll be making a substantial salary, and you can just forgo the whole college thing. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of companies that want to you know hire people hire kids out of high school and get them now, and not you know just want to forgo the whole college experience. And I mean, it's for certain industries, it is certainly not important. And we're not talking about you know digging ditches. We're talking about like you know Fortune 500 companies that are leading you know tech companies. That's uh, it's so in, in some yeah, ways. Yeah, but I will say this: there are people who dig ditches for Fortune. 50 com- companies as well like yes, it doesn't absolutely. matter right they're associated with those companies still I as part of all, their job i was always know? so jealous of the guys in the office back before the the uh dress code changed uh that would just walk around in jeans fixing stuff yeah <laughs> i i wanted that job for the longest time but like but i get my point is in, yeah. so, in some ways the idea of college is almost uh mandatory but yeah. in, in reality it's not. It's not at all. And even for jobs that would be considered borderline white collar jobs, yeah, you know, it's it's 
college. I mean, a lot of these companies were founded by college dropouts. Like their, their cultures, they just don't give a crap about a college degree. Yeah, yeah, it's the entrepreneurial part of them. I think, I think at the end of the day, right? The best advice that people can get is, I you know, there's this whole mentality of go do what you love, find your passion all that other kind of stuff like that none of these jobs or that there's not jobs out there that you have to, you know, create everything because there's not a job out there that'll fulfill your passion. In some cases, the way it's portrayed, right? It, that's not necessarily what people are saying, but there's been such this uh, push on social media and in general about find your passion. And, and it almost is like you have to create it because it doesn't really exist. And it, and I think that's not true because we put so much emphasis into uh, what kind of company that you work for and how much money you're making. And you have to go to college and the type of college that you go to and the degree that you go to and all that, that we've completely lost sight in general. If you strip it down to the bare bones of when you work, there are places and there are jobs everywhere in every stretch of this universe that can fulfill the purpose and the passion and what it is you enjoy doing and that you can close the door or close the truck door or whatever it is at the end of any day and be very proud about what you do. And it doesn't have to have all this fluff and crazy like social media noise behind it. It's you enjoy it you feel like it serves a purpose, it helps somebody, it helps a company, it fulfills a challenge in what you want to do with your career, and really just simplify it like that, as opposed to all the pressures and things we put on top of labeling, going to college, or working for a certain kind of company, or making so much, you know, this kind of money, or whatever it is, strip it down, look at the source of what it is that provides you the challenges, the mental and physical, you know, um, things that you want in your day to day. So when you put your feet up, you're like, Hey, that was a rough day, but I still did this. Right. And I, we can, a lot of people can't do that because they get caught up in the, well, I did it for this company. So that meant something to somebody as opposed to, did it mean something to you? And when you look back, did you use your time? As you said before, effectively and usefully for what you your intended goal was i mean really at the end of the day i think all these can do that you just got to come at it with the right lens and shut out all the comparative noise and say where do you want to end up at the end of the day and what's expensive what's not parents i know there's the pressure to say well (laughs) my kids went to school and they did this and they did that but at the end of the day there there's just as much that it's how you look at it. It doesn't have to be a comparison. It's about what does that role, no matter what it is or where it resides, provided to something because everything provides to something. And I think if kids step away nowadays and think of it more in that lens, the, then maybe it won't be this, you know, well, I just did it because that was the expectation or, hey, the money was there. So I just did it and it doesn't apply to anything else. And as an employee, like as somebody who would employ somebody, like I would be, I mean, I, and I have had, you know, team members where I look at what they've done and I look how it can apply to the role that I want them for, or I see that work ethic and everything else that it didn't apply to a degree directly or anything else because it all translates in different ways. So I really, you know, from that sense, I think anybody can find something. It's just look at it from the lens of 
uh, your own personal goals and thoughts and purpose as opposed to how others view it or because others say I should do it, I should do it because maybe, you know, there's a need or money or whatever it is that has to be done. And it's like, no, at the end of the day, you can make as much as you want in any job that you pick if you're willing to work the job. I mean, and, and what are you, what do you need? What do you need out of life versus what are all the things that you hear everybody else saying? Uh, because everybody finds it along the way, but sometimes you can avoid a lot of missteps if you just strip away and do a simple, simple, uh, you know, pros and cons analysis and put a little thought and intention about it and do it at a good time. Like you said, maybe don't go to college right away, figure it out first or do this first and then go take classes. There's so many ways. There's no right or wrong way to get it. So Wendy, mm-hmm. so Wendy, I just two weeks ago, I, I week and a half ago, I turned 40. Is it too late for me to go and learn a trade? No, you don't think so? No. Anybody can go like go into apprentice. I've actually known several people who um, maybe some after 40, well after 40, some maybe a little bit before, but I've known several people who have decided to go into a trade and take up apprenticeships and, and do that much later um, in life because they just was something they always wanted to do. In fact, two of them were people who had been in the corporate world for, you know, 20 plus years and had gone through the the continuous um, layoff process that happens in a lot of those um, you know worlds, and so they did. They picked up a they picked up a apprenticeship, and they're happy. They're happy doing what they're doing now. So that's awesome. You I could, I, you could not... be an electrician if you want to. <laughs> okay, I'll look into that. Ooh, or I could go to one eight hundred be a pilot dot com. Okay, well, no, well, okay. Let's make sure that you're working or going through a legitimate program. Are you I'm, saying that's not a legitimate I, program? I Wendy? don't, I don't know for a fact. So if it is, I'm sorry, but I don't feel like that. That first implies that it is. Okay, <laughs> anything one eight hundred often makes me a little skeptical. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's good to know. So I will look. You know, maybe. You just turned 40. You're a young pup still. You got all sorts of years ahead of you. So maybe like at 50, I'll look for you to be heading into the uh, the electrician apprenticeship. Okay. That do, works. Do you want, okay. I'll, I'll mark the calendar. 10 years from now, we'll be talking about it. That'll be probably episode 58 or 59. <laughs> Hopefully we have more in by then. <laughs> We've been a little slow on that, but I think we'll, we'll get better. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Uh, Anything else we want to talk about? Anything else pop up this no. past couple weeks? No, no. Hey, you know what? You know what? What? We're on time for this episode. We are. I know. Look at, okay, score number two. Like, come on, man. We. I got a new mixing board so that I was trying to help you. That's check score. We're on time to release this one. We'll be, look at, we're getting back at it. It's all yeah. coming together. I feel yeah. it. I feel Pretty it. Awesome. It's awesome. All on this happy Father's Day. And if if all goes well, it'll actually be posted on Father's Day, maybe late in the evening. But, you know, it'll be, yeah. <laughs> all right, Kilbs. Well, I think this was a colorful uh, a conversation. And I'm, like, interested to see if any of our listeners have any comments or uh, anything they'd like to share when we post this. And I would encourage, I know we've been slow. I know we haven't been posting a lot. But when we did post the last uh, episode, I got a lot of people who are like, ah! your podcast back. So thanks for listening. Continue to, and obviously always leave comments, add content, whatever you want to do, like gives us, gives us things to talk about, right? Kilbs. Absolutely. Sure does. 
Awesome. All right. Well, happy Father's Day again. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Bye. You've been listening to How Was Your Weekend with Winnie and Brian. Look for updates at facebook.com slash weekend podcast or go to Brian Kilby. Dot com.